the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak. We are on day two of our guest mock draft series. Yesterday we had picks from the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington Redskins. Now we're at number three, the Detroit Lions. It's a very fun pick to get into because there's a lot of different possibilities. There's a lot to analyze with the roster. There's a lot of options and where they could go, and there's some heavy hitters that they could be taking here at number three or potentially even moving back, allowing another team to maybe make this pick. Ben, uh, just to intro you really quick, man, the Detroit Lions, I mean, this is going to be a fun pick to talk about, is it not? It's a fun spot to talk about, and it's it's interesting to think about what – needs they have remaining after free agency and who would be the pick if they stayed here but also what would be the uh the move if they potentially got calls as well so we should get into it well to help us talk about and cover the lions as well as we possibly can we have a fellow gator great on the line with us and i am just gonna bring that up as many times as i can in this podcast tori petri she works for the (laughs) detroit lions she is a great friend of mine we went to school together at uf she does an incredible job covering that team so we thought who better to help us with uh our our coverage of the detroit lions tori thank you so much for joining us Man, I am hyped after that intro. I, I really appreciate it. Go Gators. Listen, Ben is very well aware that any time, any time at all, I can hype up the University of Florida. I'm going to I'm gonna take that chance. So yeah. I know I'm right there with you. I do the same. Good. I mean, it's our dude. I mean, our, our student loans, you know, we're, we're paying enough for it. We might as well hype them up. <laughs> they might as well give us something back. So, Tori, I, you've been covering the team and you've been working for the team for a couple of years. And so you definitely have a good idea of what the roots are for where this team is right now. And I kind of want to just take it back like I do with a lot of our guests and really turn back the clock to almost either this time last year, just going into the season, what the expectations were for the Detroit Lions last year in 2019. And you know, it just it felt like, boy, at the beginning of the year, they were really competitive with some of those teams. But Obviously, here it is. They're picking now number three overall in the draft. That means they fell short of their own expectations. How did we get here with the Detroit Lions? What was kind of that season recap and what the expectations might have been at the beginning of the year and then how it turned out actually during the regular season? Yeah, I mean, I am totally with you that it definitely was a fall from what they expected uh, their 2019 season would look like. I mean, we were headed into that 2019 season looking at the defense that they had and the talent that was on that defense and and really thought that they could do something with that. I mean, some people were even comparing that defense to the really amazing defense this team had in 2014. And they thought, you know, hey, this defense could be as good as that 2014 defense uh, that had Indomitian Sue and Nick Fairley and all those guys. But uh, that was certainly not the case because it ended up that this team's weakness was their defense. Uh, you know, you had Daryl Bevel come in and take over that offense after uh, Jim Bob Cooter ran it the, the year before. And he really did an amazing job with Matthew Stafford um, at the helm. Then, of course, Stafford gets hurt. But I, I really don't think that you performed as poorly as as you did this season because of Stafford's injury. I mean, of course, that doesn't help, but I think it was on the defense. Um, And there were such high expectations for this defense going into the season because you had guys that you brought in. You you brought in, you know, uh, Trey Flowers, and you really felt like he was going to beef up this defensive line. You brought in Mike Daniels, and you thought that was going to be a help. And you brought back Snacks Harrison, and and he just didn't uh, play up to the the kind of player he was the year before. There was a lot of that. 
there were a lot of injuries on defense that, that really derailed them. And I think looking back at training camp before the 2019 season, a lot of your defensive line was injured through training camp or, or didn't play practice during training camp and in the preseason. And so with all those new pieces, none of them ever played together leading into the season. And so then you're, you're in regular season games starting to play next to each other for the first time and still having some guys out. I mean, Deshaun Hand, there were high expectations for him on the defensive line, and, and he barely played at all that season. So, mm-hmm. so many injuries, guys not being able to practice consistently together, uh, then just not being able to figure out the whole picture on defense. And then, of course, Matthew Stafford gets injured. You can't carry, uh, can't count on him to, to carry the team as he often is expected to do. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. have to rely on those backup quarterbacks. And, you know, that was a reason why they, they targeted that area in free agency because the guys that they had at backup quarterback just weren't able to fill the hole the way they wanted it to. All right, so then when we talk about the failures on defense, obviously with a, a, a coach in Matt Patricia who comes from New England as the defensive coordinator to bring the New England system with Rob Quinn to Detroit, he comes, like I said, from a defensive background to so expect the defense to grow. They struggled last season. And so this year in free agency, we add Jamie Collins from New England. Uh, we bring in uh, Danny Shelton from New England. We trade for Deron Harmon from New England. And obviously they, they, they make the, the, uh, the Desmond Trufant signing as well to replace Darius Slay. Is the messaging now that they've gotten a few more Belichickites, a few more guys who they know succeed in the system, is the message now, okay, we have our guys. This year will be the year that it's all complete, that the, that the image is finished. Or is this really just an attempt to cycle out old guys, bring in new guys and say, look, the defense is new. Maybe now it'll be good. What, what's, what's the theory here? What's, what's the messaging from Patricia, especially when it comes to this defense being built in his image? Well, after the season was over, they said that they were going to reevaluate every single position. And they needed to because nothing really was up to snuff on that defense last year, whether it was coaching or or playing or anything. They've really struggled. Uh, So, you know, all these moves that we've seen in free agency uh, for the Lions on defense has been part of those reevaluating every single position. And and some of it was a little bit surprising seeing someone like Devon Kennard, who you really thought was a a core member of that defense, who was signed by this regime, this GM, this coach. Um, And then, you know, they, they release him. That was a bit of a surprise, but it just goes to show that really nothing was safe after that season on defense. And I think a big thing for Matt Patricia is that he wants guys who fit his culture, who fit his style of coaching, uh, you know, who, who like that intensity and, and who have the, the mentality that he likes to work with. And so it has taken him some time to fill out this roster alongside Bob Quinn with the players that fit his style and that he is familiar with. That's something that we've seen uh, from Bob, Bob Quinn as well when it comes to even the draft, drafting guys that coaches on their staff have some familiarity with from working with them in the past during different stops at different jobs. So Bob Quinn really likes to find guys he has familiarity with because he feels like you're taking less of a risk because you know that guy or someone on your staff is used to working with that guy. Well, then when we see the Lions bring in all these players from the Patriots, they're doing that because they have familiarity with them and they feel like they fit the type of player that they are looking for, not only on the field, but off the field in the locker room as well. And so we've seen kind of a total revamp of this defense, uh, I think, in part for that reason. Definitely want to get to some of those free agents. But before we get to that, um, you know, with with 
you and I having the schedules that we do and working that the jobs that we do, we don't get to see each other uh, each other a ton, even though we work in the same field. But yeah. one one place that we do get to see each other all the time is the Senior Bowl. That's an area yeah. where we've been able to reconnect a, a lot. And this year, the Detroit Lions had their coaching staff coaching one of the teams at the Senior Bowl. And so I remember talking to you about that and that experience there. And um, I talked to you kind of early on in the week, so not a lot had happened at that point. But just kind of looking back, I, I know that it's a very useful tool for teams who are coaching Senior Bowl squads. And, and with Matt Patricia and, and, and his guys coaching that North team, what do you think the gain was there? Do you think that there was just a lot that was picked up? Do you think that they were really able to get a close look at some of these draft prospects that now, shoot, there's no pro days, there's no team visits. Do you think some of those guys are going to be a little bit higher on their big boards? Or just how do you think that experience was with Detroit getting a shot to uh, get a look at some of those draft prospects? Yeah, I would not be shocked whatsoever if we see the Lions draft a majority of their draft picks from guys that they knew from the senior bowl. I would not be shocked if that was the case at all, because they do love guys that they're familiar with so much. And I talked to Bob Quinn right before uh, the, combine and uh, sat down with him chatted for a little bit and I asked him about that experience coaching the senior bowl and having his guys out there on the field with those players and while it is extra work for them after they finish a long season and you know you don't want to be coaching the senior bowl because that means that you didn't really have a great year (laughs) sure you know they really felt like they took advantage of it because Bob Quinn told me he felt like at that point, now things are totally different. The world we're living in right now is totally different than the world we were living in right before the combine. Uh, But he said he felt like their draft prep was further along at that point because they had coached the senior bowl. And you made a great point because of all the pro days being canceled and, and all the familiarity that staffs usually get with players during that time of the year. Of course, none of the teams are getting that, but the Lions have the advantage of, of having coached all of those guys in Mobile. And, and same for the Bengals as well. Uh, but I would not be shocked if we see a lot of guys from that North squad uh, end up on the Lions team because they have just spent so much time with them and know them so well. All right, so let's let's step into specifics then in terms of positions when we look at this roster and we're thinking maybe the Lions are going to address this spot early. They were super active in free agency, right? You lose uh, Graham Glasgow, you lose uh, Rick Wagner, you add Halapulivati Vaitai from the Eagles on a big contract to hopefully fill one of those spots. Uh, uh, Darius Slay is gone, Rashawn Melvin is gone, we bring in Desmond Trufant, Danny Shelton comes in to replace Ashawn Robinson and Mike Daniels. You know, we're we're trying to cycle in a lot of guys to fill in the gaps that we're creating to hopefully create flexibility in the draft to let us go any direction. But when you look at the roster, offense or defense, the spots where they still have outstanding needs, where they need to add potentially early picks, starting picks to make this team compete the way that Patricia and Bob Quinn are expected to, what positions are you looking at? Defensive end is the first one that comes to mind because they brought in a couple of defensive tackles, guys who will play on the interior of that defensive line, but you really have not done a lot at the defensive end position. They've addressed pretty much every other spot on defense, whether it was, uh, you know, trading for a safety, whether it was bringing in linebackers, uh, you know, the defensive tackles, even bringing in a cornerback after you, you know, part ways with Darius Slay, but they did not address the defensive end position. And that was a need for them before. Before free agency, it remains a need now. So I definitely expect that they will be looking for that position in the draft. 
I also think the cornerback position will be addressed as well because you just can't replace Darius Slay with one person. You're going to need uh, to, to bring some guys in to, to ve- develop them and, and kind of be your cornerbacks of the future. Uh, you brought in Desmond Trufant during free agency, but corner is definitely a position that I would see them uh, addressing in the draft. And then uh, you look at the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, you, you brought in a backup quarterback, but maybe you do draft a guy as well, just to have somebody who is younger, who you can develop. Um, so I would I could see that happening as well, as well as the wide receiver position. While you do have some consistency there, you have your three main guys that you're bringing back. You don't have a lot of depth on the younger end of the roster when it comes to the wide receiver position. So I think that they'll address that as well. Let's get into that number three overall pick now. I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on whether this pick is also available for trade. I mean, we've, we hear rumors all the time, but let's just start there. Do you think that the Lions would be a team to trade back from number three? Absolutely. I definitely think that that is on the table for the Lions right now. I mean, I think that they would trade back in a heartbeat if they could get the price that they wanted for that number three pick. I think that you're in a position right now where you have to win some games and the more guys that you have that can contribute to making this a winning team, uh, the better, especially because if a team is trading up to get that number three pick, uh, we know it's likely for one specific player uh, because that, you know, is a position of need that quarterback position and you still might end up getting a guy that you need if you trade down a few spots you might pick the same exact guy that you would have picked at number three at number five or six uh so we'll see what ends up happening and if they can get the price that they need but i definitely think that the lines are taking calls for that number three pick and if they stay there let's go to that discussion of some guys that you might think they're really targeting that might be able to really help out this team. If they're staying at number three, who are a couple of the guys that you really think would be on their radar that they'd be big fans of? Well, I think the ideal situation for the Lions, now this is a dream scenario that Mm -hmm. who knows if this could actually happen, but if a team were to trade up ahead of them and maybe get the pick from the Washington Redskins, uh, I really think that, that their dream scenario is ending, ending up with Chase Young. Yeah, you know, of course. I about that right. defensive end position. I'm, any team in this league would take Chase Young, but especially because that you know best player matches up with their biggest need right now, that would be an absolute dream scenario for them. But the chances of that happening are you know pretty slim because he is such a good player. So so teams aren't going to want to miss out on him, um, especially the Washington Redskins. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But if uh, Chase Young is still on the board at number three. They're not trading out of that pick. They are taking Chase Young, and they are going home. That is, that is just it. That is what will happen. Uh, <laughs> but if you know they're uh, at pick number three, Burrow and and Young are off the board, I could see them going for Jeff Okuda. And I know we've heard that name so many times when it comes to uh, the Lions and, and and you know filling positions of need and how good Okuda is. I definitely think that's a possibility. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is certainly a very versatile player, and Matt Patricia loves versatile players in his defense. He loves a guy who he can move around and he can use at different positions and and kind of confuse offenses with. And I really think he would like 
to be able to play with Isaiah Simmons in his defense. Um, you know, Derek Brown is another guy who who could be in the mix for the Lions. Uh, they have brought in some some uh, players at the defensive tackle position, so maybe that becomes a little bit less likely, but you still need players there to build for the future. But I definitely think when it comes to that number three pick, most of what you're looking at is defense. Sure. All right, so, so- when we— Oh, go ahead, Ben. I'll let you go. No, it's cool. You can ask three questions in a row. I'll move on. I'm fine. <laughs> when I, I do want to, I do want to put it in this framework. You brought up Akuda, Simmons, and Brown, which are the names that I were think I was thinking of. When it comes to trading back, you say, "All right, we're definitely open for business. They'd love to get a good haul for it." If a team like Las Vegas at twelve comes calling, right, that's a big war chest. You're going to get a lot of picks for moving back, but you're going to be out of range for Akuda, out of range for Simmons, and out of range for Brown. Do you think with Quinn and Patricia, who who probably feel a pretty big pressure to win now, do you think they'd be willing to take a big trade back and potentially lose out on those three players? Or are they only going to take a trade back if they think if they say, listen, we can do this and we think we'll still get one of Simmons, Akuda, or Brown on our new pick? That's a great question. I think the ideal scenario is to still be able to stay in that top seven or so uh, you know, to be able to get some of those really big impact players. Uh, when I sat down with Bob Quinn before the combine, I asked him about the importance of having players in the draft who can contribute now. And he said, absolutely, that is a priority for us in the draft is finding players who can contribute right now. And you're going to find more of those guys the higher up you are in the draft. And so I think that that is the ideal situation is if you find a, a team that can give you uh, a, still a high pick as well as one that's a little bit lower, but I wouldn't rule it completely out of the question. But I think that the the most ideal situation is for them to stay still a little bit higher in the draft where you still have a shot at drafting some of those guys that you might have gotten at three. So it's this... a good question, Trev. You hear that? Yeah, I did. It. No, I <laughs> I heard it, Ben. I heard it. You got your kudos there. So on this board, Tori, we have Joe Burrow gone at number one. Unfortunately, Chase Young did get taken at number two. So Lions are here in our guest mock up at number three. Who are you taking for the Lions with this third pick? And why do you think it would be the right pick for them? I'm taking Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State. I really think that they need help at that cornerback position after parting ways with Darius Slay. He was such a good player for this team, and they need guys who can cover in this defense, especially because they are asked to play man-to-man so much. They need players who are going to be elite at at that job, especially because they've had a hard time uh, getting after the quarterback as well. So, you know, you're expected to cover longer when you're, you're, you're... Defensive line isn't getting after the quarterback. Now, hopefully they do fix that issue as well. But the bottom line is, is that you need a cornerback after you traded away Darius Slay. You needed one whether you kept Darius Slay or you didn't. But now you definitely don't have him anymore. So you need corners. And I think that they're going to go with Okuda if they stay at that number three pick. I loved the idea of Desmond Trufant and Darius Slay together. So when that got (laughs) broken up, I was kind of disappointed. But here you go. Jeff Akuda plug it in with Desmond Trufant. Ben, I know you love Akuda, so this has got to be even at number three overall. I mean, you got to be excited about this one, right? If you're gonna let a player like Darius Slay go, you're begging for a, a whole season's worth of bad PR if you struggle at corner. You know what I mean? Like Slay, even for like Slay, not the best season last season, but he was beloved by Detroit. I think I'm right in saying that, Tory. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Well, I'm an Eagles fan. It seems like the Detroit fan base just loves Darius Slay as a dude. And so 
I think that bringing in Akuda makes sense on a football perspective. It makes sense from a business perspective, from a team perspective. He's a delightful pick. The only concern I have is the Michigan fans who won't like the Ohio State corner, but they'll get over <laughs> it once he puts on the blue. So we'll be all right. I think they will. They got over it with Taylor Decker. I think they could get over it with Jeff Okuda. Uh, you're right that he was uh, Darius Slay was very beloved here in Detroit by fans and and by teammates as well. Uh, you know, I think that that he will be missed in that aspect. The Eagles are getting an amazing player, a great dude. Uh, we will just uh, see what happens, though, because they really had a hard time filling that spot opposite Darius Slay, even when he was here. They cycled right. through so many guys opposite mm-hmm. Darius Slay. So they needed another cornerback, whether he was here or not. Uh, but, you know, I think he would, Jeff Okuda would be great opposite Desmond Trufant. I think that's an ideal scenario for them at corner. Very good football player off the board here at number three. Jeff Okuda goes to the Detroit Lions. Tori Petri giving us the inside information like nobody else can about the Detroit Lions, of course, because she is a Gator great. Tori, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on. We really enjoyed it. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. On to number four, the New York Giants. What is Dave Gettleman going to do? It's always the million-dollar question every single draft. I'm excited to get to that one. We've got a great guest for it. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.